Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This podcast is brought to you by Men's Tea Clinic. Men's Tea Clinic is the team I trust with my total wellness optimization, and so should you. Five DFW locations with North Frisco, El Dorado Parkway at Dallas North Tollway now open. Call 972-GO-MEN'S-TEA or visit mensteaclinic.com. KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan where Corey continues to be an annoyance to the OCD you- <laughs> community. And I think to Mike, I, that's not really what uh-huh. we're going to start off the show with. That's fine. Is who is going to be the 2023 NFL MVP? And I'm asking this for a specific reason. This is not meant to be like, oh, could it be Dak? Could it not be Dak? But like, if that's your vote, please do throw that out there. But I wanted to discuss it for an entirely different reason and then don't forget in the expressway we will be giving away those premium dallas cowboys tickets that includes parking passes club suites gonna be fun i'm not pumped about my answer here but i think it's gonna be jalen hurts okay so here's why okay last year it looked like he was gonna be the mvp and he got hurt late in the year so last year he established with the voters did he finish second i believe He he did So he established with the voters after being a nobody, let's just be honest, a second-round pick who looked like a nobody, lost his job at Alabama, went to Oklahoma, and look, let's face it, under Lincoln Riley, everybody's a great quarterback. That's the tough thing about Caleb Williams and other stories. Like, I think he's going to be great, but then it worries me that he was under Lincoln Riley, and everybody's great under that system. Okay, so he establishes himself last year in the NFL as a premium quarterback, and everybody's like, is he really like yeah. can he repeat we saw Carson Wentz do this in Philadelphia get hurt and everything changed so now they have the best record by far in the NFL there's a good chance that Philadelphia finishes with the best record and so I think right now if I had to vote I would vote Jalen Hurts the MVP I don't think he's having numbers wise it's not blow you out of the water numbers wise But I have to look at the quarterback of the best team in the NFL with the best record, a guy who almost won it last year, and there was questions coming into this year. Is is he really that good? Can he really repeat? Nobody's repeated in 73 decades, it feels like, (laughs) uh, in the Uh NFC East. And they're probably going to repeat as division champs. They're going to be most likely the number one seed. To me, I think it's somewhat of an easy vote right now for me that it's Jalen Hurts today. Okay, I'm intrigued by that as well. Corey, what say you? My ranking at the moment is Hertz, Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes. Okay. Tua, and Dak has entered the top five of this conversation. Over Brock Purdy? Yeah, and and Brock Purdy's right there in that that conversation too. But the, the, the thing that Dak needs to do to stay in that top five and to even vault himself, he's got to beat Philadelphia. This gauntlet sure. that he's about to, that the Cowboys are about to run through, they come out of this thing clean. He stands a really good chance to be two. And if he beats Philadelphia, that's now a conversation. If he does it, like if he's the one that makes big plays, because to add to what Mike's saying, 
not only is Jalen Hurts, like, the, the numbers are okay. Lamar Jackson's numbers are okay. But they keep winning too, right? But to add to it, Jalen Hurts is making plays at the end of games that draw the penalties from the referees that also that also are winning games. He's the factor that is winning games for them late. And so that's where that's where I say he has the edge at the moment. But Dak does this in this gauntlet they're about to run through and beats Philadelphia, he really does stand a very good chance of being in the top two to three here. And so this is interesting, and then we'll dive into, like, why I think this matters a lot. From the 2-4, and four, Jalen Hurts doesn't have the numbers to be MVP. Mahomes, Dak, Stroud, Tua, Justin Herbert all have better numbers. Cool, the Eagles have the best record, and then they talk about their defense and everything like that. I hate the notion that the best team's QB is MVP. So I was reading an article from the ringer talking about how the MVP almost always goes to the same person. Yeah. Since 2010, every MVP that has been a quarterback. Now it's different for other positions. Obviously you've seen those MVPs more sparingly as the years have gone along since 2010, every QB MVP hat was first in expected points added in the league every single year. Who is, with the exception of 2015, who won in 2015? Cam Newton. He was sixth in that category. Why did he win? Because his team was 15-1, and one, right? And he was the quarterback. Yeah. So if you look at it this year, who do you think is number one in quarterbacks for EPA? Uh, Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy is number one. Because he actually has the highest yards per pass. It's like 9.3 compared to every, the, high, Which, the next highest is like seven. That is incredible is and Dak is second but if you go down the MVP like betting odds who's first Jalen Hurts then Patrick Mahomes then Lamar Jackson then Tua then Dak and then Brock Purdy is sixth okay yeah and so this would be a huge breakaway from what has been the case for more than a decade do you you're saying wait what would be the huge case? That Brock Purdy wouldn't win the MVP, even though he leads the way in EPA. Yeah. So you're saying it would be shocking if Brock Purdy won the MVP? That's he, that's the, That number has been the deciding factor for so many years. So now. you're saying Brock Purdy sh- is going to win the MVP right now? Okay. I'm, I'm confused. What you're saying is opposite from what I'm hearing from him. That's okay. why, as a listener right now, I'm totally confused on you and him. Okay. It okay. sounds like he's saying... It sounds like you're saying, I'm just going to, Corey, I'm pointing at Corey. Corey is saying Brock Purdy is the MVP. The voters are going to vote for Brock Purdy today to be the MVP. And you're saying the voters are going to vote for Jalen Hurts because Cam Newton won the MVP doing Jalen Hurts things. But that's the only time ever since 2010. Every other year, it's whoever's best in EPA wins, and that's Brock Purdy. So history would tell you, Brock Purdy should win the MVP, but then there's the Cam Newton outlier. And so my question is going to be, do you think, maybe it is Hurts because they have the best record. Do you think he can win the MVP and this will be another Cam outlier? Or do you think we'll start to push more and more away from EPA as like your end-all be-all determiner? I think we'll push away from it if they're the number one seed by far and they're 15-2. and two. Yeah. And he almost won it last year, and you almost feel bad for him as a voter. Just put yourself in these shoes. Wouldn't you feel – don't put yourself in I hate the Eagles shoes. 
Wouldn't you feel kind of bad that you're like, dang, I wanted to vote for him last year first, but he just got hurt at the end of the year, and I just couldn't do it because he wasn't healthy enough at the end of the year. This year, he's yes. playing on an injured knee. He's 10-1. and one. He's beating every team. I can't vote. Now, they do play San Francisco this week. That's a huge MVP game. I will say that as we're having this discussion before that game happens. But he beat Dak already. They do get to play each other again. He just beat Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes. Whether a guy dropped a pass or not, it did. It, you, you got the win over that guy. And this is a quarterback league. In card collecting, nobody gives two craps about Micah Parsons' cards. If sure. you spend a lot of money on Micah Parsons' cards, I'm sorry. I tried to tell you, don't do it. His Tyree cards will Hill go way or, down. Yeah. Same with receivers and Justin Jefferson. Nobody gives a crap about the other positions in the NFL except for one quarterback. And I do think that when we look at this, voters – sympathy a little bit are going to look at Jalen Hurts and go gosh I wanted to vote for him last year and he's having as good or better of a year they probably are going to have a better record this year than last year and so I do think he's going to get the votes and so somebody asked well what about players like like we we're just talking about like Ty- Tyreek Hill I'm on your side on that but we've talked to Jerry about that we talked with Steven about that is that's what offensive player of the year has turned into. Who's right. the best not quarterback, right? right? And I, I don't think that's fair. And in a weird, weird way, the public does not care about defensive players. The public does not care about wide receivers. The public definitely doesn't care about running backs. So to go, that's true. To go along with that, do you think this will be the first time since 2016 we'll get a closer vote? So since then... At least 75% of the vote have all gone to the same person. Matt Ryan only got half the vote in 2016, and six different players got votes. But other than that, after that, Brady, 80%. Mahomes, 82%. Lamar, 100%. Rodgers, 88%. So, like, it's usually a pretty big margin. It's a fun conversation to have. We're having this conversation way too early. If you want to have the Heisman Trophy conversation, oh, now we're down to one game, right? Yeah. And I, I'm I'm happy we're having this conversation. This is a fun conversation. Philly plays San Francisco this week. Uh, you have Dallas playing Philadelphia in a couple weeks. You have – most teams have six or seven more games left. I guess five or six, yeah. I should say. And I just look at it and go, this is a fun conversation. But there's so much more football to be played. This is where – I hate saying this. The Dak lovers, Yeah, I'm glad that you love Dak. He's your quarterback, and I love that you love him. Dak's part of the conversation a lot of times around this time. Unfortunately, you have to play 17 games. It used to be 16, but you have to play. After 16 games, we really can limit this down to a real conversation, but there's so many more games and injuries that could happen because all it takes is Jalen Hurts' knee bugging him next week, and he has to miss three weeks, and then he's out of the conversation again. Could it also take— Or Brock Purdy. Well, yeah. No, you're right. Could it also take, then, the Cowboys running the rest of the slate? Like, they win the rest of their games— and all of a sudden, Dak is not only yeah, a I think that would put him in the conversation. Yeah, and like also the real voting. Also, have that home game uh, against Philadelphia where you put up, I don't know, um, four hundred and fifty yards and three touchdowns. Like he has that, to win. It doesn't. Yeah. That the stats that, to me don't matter. He, well, we just like it matters. We just establish that though that yeah. like the, you have to do that, and yeah. also to to do, add that to it would be one of those. He did it against that team. He put his stamp on the against the guy. That he and in the last game, it's not like Jalen Hurts went out there and just blew the world away. Right. The Cowboys kind of messed that up at the end of that when they could have had that. So that's where 
that's where those two, that's where he could get that edge on that. Now, again, you still have Mahomes pushing towards playoff contention late in the season. You have Brock Purdy fighting you the same way, and he's going to have a game against the Eagles as well. You also have Lamar Jackson, who's going to come away looking like he has a pretty good record by the end of the season and being the MVP for his team. He's the key to that team. He's dragging that team everywhere they go. How many times in your MVP thing, I know this is probably impossible to look up right now, in the last, whatever, 10, 15 years, how many times is a team a wild card team and that's the MVP? The quarterback is the MVP of a wild card team because most likely the, the candidates that Dak has to beat, Kansas City is going to win their division. Baltimore's probably going to win their division. Philadelphia's probably going to win their division. And San Francisco's probably going to win their division. And let's face it, Tua T's probably going to win that division. So out of kind of those five other quarterbacks, most likely they're going to win their division. Dak could end up going 13 and four and being the five seed in the playoffs. That's a great record, maybe even better than some of the division winners. But I'm just wondering how many times is a team a five seed? And I kept just looking. Mahomes wasn't the Mahomes, Rodgers, Lamar Jackson, Mahomes, Brady. Matt none Ryan. of those were. Matt Ryan wasn't. But, I mean, even still, a lot of these names that we see, unless it's some kind of magnificent season that you've never seen that happen before, it's face of the franchise. Not even face of the franchise, face of the NFL. Like that's what it is. That's where that has landed a lot of times. This is going to be an outlier season, I think. I think it'll be okay. one of those Lamar Jackson type things where it's a different guy. Because, again, we are sitting here without an Aaron Rodgers and without a Tom Brady. And so you have, you're trying to find this other comparison, and it's going to be a Brock Purdy type guy. You know, I wonder if people are scared to vote for Lamar Jackson because if he loses in the first or second round, they're like, I can't believe I gave him another MVP. <laughs> like, and I'm not a Lamar Jackson hater, but I think there's so much – like, I don't think Lamar Jackson can do it in the playoffs. I think they're scared to give him a regular season MVP going, do we want two MVPs on his resume right now without much playoff success? To your point, I'm not saying he got jobbed in any of the other years, but as soon as Dirk won MVP and they lost in the first round, I think voters, a lot of voters were like, can't do that anymore. And to your point, that stat that Brock Purdy's leading, if you go look at Dirk's career, He's top five or top three almost every year of his career in that. In EPA. Yeah, like in, in the, NBA. The, the equivalent. And it's yeah. just like it didn't matter because yeah. it was like, uh, they're running gun or they're ultimately not a championship contender, so we're not going to really consider Dirk. So I, I think you're right, Mike, that there's still a lot at play, but – Brock, it's a fun conversation. Brock Purdy and Dak lead the way in EPA, and those are not the top two candidates for yeah. MVP, which would be very unusual in the modern NFL. We're the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. Coming up next, previewing the Mavs and Rockets, and does Houston have the next breakout player in the league? Let's talk about it next right here on The Fan. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Tice tries to keep it alive. Westbrook has Irving brings it back. He's going to try to beat the buzzer. He does. Kyrie Irving now with 19. I think I've said this before. There are a few things in sports I enjoy as much as 
sad opposing announcer. Like, I realized that game was not competitive right. either, but that brings me joy. Since we played that highlight, I'm kind of changing the topic here to start off this topic. It's about the Mavericks instead of about Al Prince and Goon, who we'll get to in a second. I'm starting to fall in love with Kyrie, and it's worrying me. Why? Because I think that's how he breaks your heart. I think that's how he... What are you I, falling I think in that's love how, with? The way he plays? Yes. The way he like, yes. treats his teammates? Yes. Yeah. I, I just am like, crap. He's really good, and he's <laughs> fitting in. Yeah. What, a, what an interesting way to phrase <laughs> that. He's right, though, I Kevin. Got, you, I get you, it. You, I get because it. He's, I do. he's crushed the souls of the Cleveland Cavs. It's like, we did it. We finally won a championship, and our, our hometown boy, LeBron, did it. He came back, and he did it. And with Kyrie, and then as soon as they won the championship, Kyrie's like, I don't want to be here anymore. Right. And you're like, crap, what did we do? And he's like, I don't want to be anybody's little brother. You know, it's like, oh, crap. And they, were, they fell in love with Kyrie. He hit the big shot over yeah. Steph Curry. You know, it was him who made the big shot. That was an awesome to, shot. to win the championship. And so shot, then huh? he goes to Boston and he, I don't know how quickly they fell out of love. I, I don't know his whole story in Boston, but I do know how he was like, I'm going to be here forever. This is the team I want to lead. I'm going to be a Boston Celtic forever. And I, and I think they fell in love with him. And then he started taking shots at Jason Tatum, taking shots at Jalen Brown. They weren't getting along. And then the love story ended. And that's why there's so much hate in Boston for them because they fell in love with him. If you don't fall in love with the player, you don't hate him as much. Does that make sense? It, no, and so it I'm starting does. to fall in love with him. And I'm worried that he's going to break my heart like he has in multiple places. But the alternate option is. I don't think being true to your Mavs fandom, you love the Mavs. Right. And you But I can not fall in love with certain players, but I'm falling in love with him because he's so freaking good. I mean, I do need him to play a little bit more, but I understand they're trying to keep him healthy for the whole season and I, so they I they think watch his minutes and games play. I think almost like real love, Mike. I think it's inevitable. I don't think you can stop your love of Kyrie Irving from happening. You got to put yourself out there again. When it comes to, I, I agree. Yeah, there's plenty of fish in the sea, and whatever he was saying. Um, the <laughs> oh no. When it comes to intelligence in the game, like you, that's one of the reasons you like Luca a lot, is because not only can he do all these things, but he sees the game yeah, a certain way. Right. And Jason Kidd was like, we think maybe by highest basketball IQ out there. Like it's, it's it exists. He has it. Where do you have Kyrie in the intelligence, the smarts, and understanding this game? Is that another? Oh, another? he's high. He's high. He's, he's way up high. there. Like his mean, skill is so well, is, and he's so fun to watch. Yeah. He has such great ball handling skills. He does play team basketball. Yep. You know, when you watch him night in and night out, you're like, God, he is playing team basketball. I know that was an issue in Boston, but he's playing really good team basketball. Uh, he's playing what you'd consider winning basketball. He's trying on defense. He sh he shares the spotlight with Luca. There's there seems to be no uh, situation where you look at Kyrie and Luca and go, oh, this is going to end in a, a Kobe Shaq situation. At least that doesn't look like the case with these two guys. So, a lot of people want you to fall. There is one notable exception from the uh 469 also Kyrie wasn't happy with that Boston fan base fair enough I, I get you Makes on that sense. and yep. I definitely understand why it's just there's a couple of other fan bases as well and from the 817 nah we treated him the best out of all the teams we'll be all right with him and then from the 806 yep 
That's how the toxic girls get me to fall, Mike. Keep your guard up. So most of the people. That is how relationships work, man. Most of the people are saying, no, you should go for it. You should love Kyrie. You should risk getting your heart broken. But there's that one person. And it's like, no, you watch out. And then from the 817, Mike, it's okay because he's found the one in Dallas. I'm falling in love, but I still have not fallen in love. What's what's holding you back? Because he's going to hurt me. He's hurt everybody. Uh, whether whether you agree with it or not, I know that Mark Cuban and others say, he didn't do anything wrong anywhere. Hey, wait a second. Y- you can't go that blanket statement on Kyrie. There, there might have been other things in Boston that made him upset, other things in Cleveland that made him upset. But you can't go to three different places where they're trying to make you the focal point of their franchise or the focal point, and you say, oh, it was all Brooklyn's fault. He was the one in the, if you read the book, and we talked to Spencer Dinwiddie when we yeah. interviewed about it, he like he said, yeah, that's a good book, and I'm sorry I'm forgetting it, but it's on the Brooklyn Nets. He always wanted to be a Brooklyn Net. He grew up a big Jason Kidd fan. He was at the Olympics and convinced DeAndre Jordan and Kevin Durant while they were on other teams, hey, when our contracts are up in two to three years, let's all be a Brooklyn Net. Right. I have it all set up. And they're like, we're with you. And so... He wanted Brooklyn to be his forever home. And you can say, well, Brooklyn did this or did that to him. But at the same time, it can't always be Brooklyn's fault. It can't always be Boston's fault. It can't always be Cleveland's fault. Or, or it's, it's LeBron's fault. Or it's like, it just scares me that I'm falling in love with a person who ultimately will divorce you. And so if I don't get married, I don't get divorced. Does that make sense? It does make sense. Well, let me add this to it then now. Um, I I am loving his game. I'm loving him on the Dallas Mavericks, but I don't want to fall in love with him, even though I can feel myself falling in love with him. I'm going to start at the peak, Kevin. Okay. He wins you a championship and then says he wants to go somewhere else. Are you fine with that? Can you move on from that? Yes, but I don't want to put him in the rafters. Gotcha. He gets you to two to three Western Conference finals. Two, let's say two. And then he wants to go somewhere else. Are you? Can you say, you know what? It was time that I enjoyed and we enjoyed the experience. Okay, and then the Mavericks have the number one overall pick in 2029 because Luke is like, I don't want to be here anymore. Like, nobody wanted Kyrie. <laughs> I mean, Mike because, can be, he'll be right? okay. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like, it could totally, <laughs> he could totally screw. down of love, though. In but six he could years, t- we'll have the number one pick. Yeah. But he, but that's the risk we took. You're he right. could totally Kyrie has the power within him to totally screw over this organization and for people that weren't alive there is the possibility this turns into the 1990s again. There is that possibility with the lack of assets you have that if Kyrie decides I do not want to be a Maverick and obviously he's doing a great job as a Maverick, but there is that possibility he does to you what he did to Cleveland, what he did to Boston, what he did to Brooklyn that it puts you in a, a no-win, we-don't-have-assets-we're-screwed-over situation. And I don't. I hope that doesn't happen. I hope he is everything that he is today. But I'm scared of the past being the future. At what point is there is there a time, is there a point where that won't be an issue, or do you think that's going to stick with you for all of Kyrie's run with the Mavericks, regardless of how long it is? He has is? a three-year contract? Yeah. Is after three years, he is just like he is today for all three years? I have no issue. Okay. Sign him back to another three-year contract. I don't know where he'll be, you know, yeah, where, sure, where sure, he'll sure. be at uh, physically and everything like that. But, uh, yeah, if, if he makes it through these three years the way he's made it through these – 
15 or 16 games, I think right. 16 games, uh, then yeah, I, I can even be okay with, I'm not crazy about it. It's the NBA today, and this is the NBA he grew up in and he wants. He is missing 25% of your games. Like even today, like we haven't mentioned that at all, but he is because the Mavericks are off to a good start. He's he set out four games already this year. I don't think he's hurt. I just think they're managing his games. Sure, they doesn't know- it feel better though? It feels better to me than the KP thing did, where you're just like you didn't know if he would miss the next seven games every week. Let's start losing those games and see how you feel. Yeah, maybe that's so. the Mavericks yeah. are playing well enough without him and have a good record and are off to a and let's. The expectations was low on this team. It was low nationally. It was low locally. Yeah. Uh, let's not fool ourselves. You know, nationally, and, I, we we talked about this. Is I can't remember if it was ESPN or the Athletic. None of their experts picked the Mavericks to finish in the top eight. Yeah, like they all had them in the play and in some so, form or, fa- or the top six. Yeah, some so, form or fashion. So so far, this has been an outstanding start to a season, and and Kyrie has been great in the games that he's played, and he's played the majority of them. Uh, but they're sitting him out to make sure that probably, let's be honest, they probably don't want him playing over 62 games. They probably want him sitting out about 20 games and staying healthy for those 62 games that he plays in. Yeah, look, I I think it'll be better for your enjoyment level to just rock with him while he's here. And I think you're going to be frustrated one way or another if he leaves, whether you all the way fell in love with him or not. I guess I see it honestly from a general manager standpoint. That yeah, I, if you were the general manager, I would say cool. that's a different deal. See, that's why. I like, that's how I see. The that's game. why I've always felt like Kevin is a better general manager than I would be because I'm. I'm the. Did you Nolan. enjoy your Jacob Degrom? I'm the Nolan. Thirty days, uh, Mike, because I, I I I go with my heart and my yeah. gut, and he goes with his with his JD mind. That's why Chris Young was the perfect combination of both the heart and the mind. That's why we got the perfect GM right now. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm very bad at that. I'm very bad at just falling, falling in love. And, uh, but you know what? But I do I, think, at, I I'm not, one. I'm not saying to you two guys, I do think at times it is silly that when you trade for Rashawn Holmes and you're saying fall in love, the ultimate <laughs> fall in love fan is like, Rashawn Holmes is going to get us 15 and 10 every night and be the ultimate warrior. Uh-huh. And you're like, I think you might want to settle down just because we got Rashawn Holmes and he was good a few years ago. For a year or two. Yeah. And I was a fan of him back then, too. But I knew that there was a reason Sacramento, who was a good competitive team last year, said, we do not want him playing. Yeah, he maxed out. Yeah. And so I think that, like, to your point, I understand where you're coming from, Kevin and Corey. But I feel like if I do go to this, I just want to fall in love with everybody. Then I won't have a standard. Does that make sense? Oh, I, definitely I feel like know. I have to I have a standard. Know people like that. No, they I have definitely. they have no standards or low standards. No, that they'll just they want they're a, they're a fan of love, mm-hmm. and so they just want to. They fall just want to fall in love. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. you want something that's going to be nice to you to back. So there's my Kyrie. Okay. I am falling in love, but I won't fall. We'll get. Oh no! Hey, no in season tournament uh, court tonight. By the way, the defect is still defective. Thank so, God. According to Tim McMahon. Okay. Well, good news for all the fans that are going out there is just real quick because somebody texted in about this, and we'll we'll talk about Sangoon tomorrow because yeah. they got the game tonight. Yeah. Like I might. That. I can. Mike likes it. Guess okay. what? Yeah, I can yeah. do that then. Yeah. Is the twenty five semifinalists now? If you talk about falling in love and getting your heart broken, Darren Woodson is now a semifinalist for the Pro Football Hall of Fame for the eighth time. I want to say he's been a finalist twice, maybe three times. 
but obviously he still hasn't gotten into the Hall of Fame. But this is his eighth time as a semifinalist. And I know we've talked about it. He, I still don't get. He'll need to be Veterans Committee. Yeah, it's, I, this I isn't going to happen. Why, why is that, though? I for some first of all, I mean, you talk to Broadus or you talk to people, um, Shereen Williams, uh, Goose Goslin, they both have votes. Is that it is a very northeast room. Yeah. It's a it's a strong Pittsburgh room. It's a strong northeast room. And they just don't really love putting in cowboys. They just don't. It's it's the weirdest thing. The greatest offensive line ever. Emmett, all he had to do was see the hole that was three people wide and walk through it. All right. Who made those holes? Nate Newton. Don't even want him in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Who else? Mark Stebnoski. Sucked. Don't even want to put him on the ballot. Right? It's like, all right, so all these guys weren't like Hall of Fame worthy, yet they created the greatest offensive line for a five or six year period. Like put in Larry Allen. There, we put in one. We're done. Right? It's Yeah, it's it just, only took one person to construct the greatest Yeah, who wasn't even line there ever. on 92 yeah. and 93. The, uh, the there's just so many things I've already said about Darren Woodson here. And so many things I want to say that it's very difficult to get it into the 15 seconds we have here. But <laughs> I wish I could be one of the people that pitches the Darren yeah. Woodson, like the reason. And the reason that he represents the NFL shield so well, too. He's the kindest person you'll ever meet. He was a linchpin to that defense. One of the most talented. Changed the game at safety because of his ability to do so many different things. And I just, I hope it for him because... He's the kind of person that when he goes in, I might shed a tear. I might have one of those moments where, like, that was a deserving dude that I've gotten to know, and I have never walked around uh, the star and talked to a single person that doesn't think that he's the greatest person, Uh, in addition to what he did on the field. I don't know if you saw this, Kevin. I wanted to throw this out there. MLB Network has said the Rangers winning the World Series was the number one play of the 2023 season. I mean, I would hope. I hope would hope so. It was their it was their That's ranked number one play. It was the uh, it was the 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 Josh Spores strikeout to end this end it all and win the world championship. And guess what call they posted? It's got to be the Eric Nadell Eric call, Nadell's right? call. Yeah, God, that calls the best forever. We're the KNC masterpiece right here on one hundred five through the fan. Coming up next. It's time for Baseball Nuggets with Mike Bashak. Well, MLB.com has an article out I want to discuss. Will the Rangers trade for starters or find their next Nate Evaldi next? Seawald in his fifth big league season now faces Seager. And the pitch to Corey. Swung on and a high drive. Deep right field. This one is way back. This one is history. The game is tied 5-5. Globe Life Field is on its feet for Corey Seager. A two-run homer and Seawald as his first blown save of the postseason. Hey, Mike, we're about to learn something real quick. Do you know who's running the board for us today? Chris. So Not Chris Summers. Is this the first time he's running the Chris's board for us? I know Chris's last name. I call him Chris Skinny. Okay. For us, Skinny it Chris. Is. Chris, we just learned an important lesson, all of us together. All yes, of sir. us at the same is time. Make sure we're always listening because the promo <laughs> before you did your promo was the Corey Seager home run, at which point you might not have us queued up, but we we're like, hey, don't play that audio coming back. So, so nice. 
You got to hear it twice. I will say. I, I will don't say, mind it. Yeah, I don't name mind. a single. Text in. If we want to just play that highlight for 15 more minutes until this segment's over, that's fine with we me. We could just replay that broadcast game for the next uh, three hours, and I'll be happy with Ooh, that. That's an interesting Yeah, point. so just all the Tolos that like, hey, hey, I don't, I didn't want to hear that. Let us know. I don't because think I don't think there will be a text. I don't think I've ever screamed more in my life than when he hit that ball. Like I was just screaming for 30 seconds. In fact, I can remember going, "Oh wait, Evan Carter like had two strikes on him the next at bat." That was when I got done screaming. <laughs> I didn't even care about Evan Carter's bat. He could have hit a home run right then and won the game. And I was screaming so much in my living room that I didn't even know. Like, I was like, I look up, I'm like, damn, he's already throwing three pitches to Evan Carter. Seawald in his fifth big league season now faces Seager. Just so we can get it one last time. And a high drive, deep right field. This one is way back. This one is history. The game is tied Somebody said, play it 10 times in a row. Play it on repeat. Yes. Everybody's okay with that. And you know what, Chris? That'll never be the last time. I don't think we'll ever. I'll die before I before I go. You know what? I'm tired of that. Okay. That feels fair. Yeah. But I know you're also never tired of Baseball Nuggets with Mike Bassick. Baseball Nuggets brought to you by the Diamond Factory. Let's talk about Baseball Nuggets. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's look at a couple of articles that I've kind of liked. Uh, don't love, but I like. And I got to click back a few because I was clicking on Justin Turner. So guess what? I'm about to get to Justin Turner. These are the under the radar MLB free agents to sign. Okay. First one is if you need a defensive center fielder. Rangers don't. So Kevin Kiermaier, go sign somewhere else. We don't care. The next one, the DHs. Do you need a somewhat under the radar DH? And I would say the Rangers are in the market for this. I could see that depending on if they go with some of our other grandiose plans and shift people around. Yes, because no, if they do right. sign Shohei, right. I think we're out of the DH market. Yes. I think we're good. And by the way, multiple people are like, oh, I went to game one. That was the hypest moment in my life. And I'm sure that was the case for all Rangers fans. So Chris is just a genius. He's like, oh, I heard it. Yeah. You needed it again. I mean, there's a reason that his Twitter handle was TX Rangers Update. So, because he's, like he's just like, he's one of us. I was so, wondering this real quick. Go ahead. No, yeah. I was just going to say, so that DH1 makes sense. I was, I was thinking about Shohei this morning. I was watching some card collecting stuff. And I was thinking about Shohei because he's not going to pitch next year. He's not even going to try to pitch next year. So he has to watch how much he runs the bases. He has to watch how much he's stealing and trying to steal. He can fly. Yeah, and he he's can. six foot four, six foot five. Watching him run down to first is amazing. Next year, could he steal 50 bases because he doesn't have to worry about pitching? Like, could he be a 50 50 guy? I mean, he's well, never going to have to. He's his, he's yeah. not gonna, assuming he's just not going to hit a home run every time. I, I see what you're but trying to do. He walks a lot. Yeah. He, I've even he does, seen he him bunt against lot, yeah. the Rangers to like get on base. I don't think that's. I mean, I kind of like when he bunts because then he can't hit a home run. But if I'm just wondering, would Shohei you, do you think not Boats pitching, would do that? Do you think Boats would send him that much? Maybe Boats, steals feels high. I tell you what, if he's on the Rangers, I think that's really high because look at what the year before. You can look it up. Simeon and Seager, sorry, C- Simeon and Garcia each had close to 30 bags, if not 30. Because I remember they both were like 20-20 guys or 25-25 guys. And Woody was like, yeah, we're running, we're running, we're running. I don't think – I mean, let's be honest. They weren't hitting homers like they were in 2023. So he didn't believe that they could have a big inning by just standing on the bases and waiting for doubles and homers. 
early on in the season, the Texas Rangers proved to Bruce Bochy, dude, we are crushing the ball. I don't yeah. need to take risks to try to get a runner in scoring position with two outs. We're in scoring position at first base. Let's not take the risk of stealing second base. The but, pitch clock also helps kind of change the timing of when you steal because now it's like because the pitcher's in a, in a weird situation if you decide to steal after he's already disengaged, right? So that, right. that well, changed that's why just slightly. Up, yeah. But for the Rangers, it was weird. The yeah, steals went, went down. down, but it was because the offense was so good for Boach, especially the first two months. He's like, I don't really need to steal. Like, why would I risk it right. if we're hitting doubles and homers all on our line? Like, there's not a weakness somewhat in our lineup, so I'm not going to take the risk. And you're probably right. If Shohei were a Texas Ranger, I don't think Boach is going to run him much. Like, I do think he'd get 20 bags. But I was just wondering, in the right situation, last year Acuna got 70 bags. I'm hoping this doesn't happen. But if he signs with the Atlanta Braves, can you imagine Otani and Acuna almost having a competitive challenge on their own team going, hey, I'm going to try to get 80 bags. And Otani's like, I'm not pitching this year. I'm going to try to get 80 bags too. Yeah, that would be amazing. I don't know what kind of teammate he is, like if that's the fun that he has with that. But, yes, I would love – those friendly competitions yeah. like that. Because he doesn't have to worry about pitching. So, yeah. anyways, Justin Turner's on this list. It says the DHs, J.D. Martinez, Jorge Solar, Justin Turner, Jock Peterson. And in the article, it does um, uh, mention Mitch Garver. It says, heck, we can even throw Mitch Garver in in the DH category. So, I, I think the Rangers would like Mitch Garver back. Okay. I don't think that they're just writing him off. It's just a matter of cost and yeah. how much it costs. 18 to $20 million was never going to work. From yeah. what I understand, though... I would say keep your eyes on Justin Turner. If we haven't mentioned that enough, as the winter meetings are coming up, and I don't know if Otani's going to sign in the next two weeks. There's no indication Otani's getting close to signing anywhere. I would say one of the Rangers' first moves could be Justin Turner signing. And when you look at Justin Turner's numbers last year, they were good. He batted 276 with 23 homers, 96 RBIs, and 800 OPS. And that is pretty consistent for the most part the last few years. Now, he's 39 years old. At some point, there's going to be a major drop-off, and he can't play in this league anymore. And it's going to happen here pretty soon. Sure. But right now, if you look at Justin Turner, and the other thing, too, is he can be your backup third baseman. And last year... I hate to, it was is a weird injury. It was a line drive that caused Josh Young to miss six yeah. weeks. But Josh Young's minor league career and even last year in a weird injury where it wasn't a hamstring or a back or a knee or anything or an arm injury, which he had in the minor leagues, he still was out six weeks. And so I'm I think the Rangers look at Justin Turner as a guy who could help out at first base, who could help out at third base, and then could help out a lot at DH. So I think Justin Turner. If Otani's not a Texas Ranger, I think Justin Turner could be a Texas Ranger. And I will say this. If the Rangers do sign Justin Turner, let's say next week during the winter meetings, I think they could be tipping their hand that we're not we're not okay. really in the Otani race. That makes sense to me. What if they sign Otani next on December first, though, Kevin? What does that tell you? That would be awesome. Let's do that. Is okay. that Friday? Uh yeah, that's this Friday. And goodbye, Cowboys result. <laughs> True. <laughs> All right, so then it goes to you need a solid left fielder. No, we have the greatest left fielder in the history of baseball right now. His name's Evan Carter. Oh, my God. So this is an interesting name, and I do like him. He's not – when it says possible fits, they give like eight fits. Former Texas Ranger, it doesn't say that on here. It's not like Cowboys where everybody's a former Cowboy. Bulk innings eater Nick Martinez. I watched oh, Nick Martinez yeah. pitch some last year, and I was like, 
wow, he's a good reliever. And you can use him in the eighth inning as a setup guy. You can use him in the fifth, sixth inning if you need like two innings out of him to get it to the seventh or eighth inning. Uh, he is used in so many different ways uh, with the Padres that I was like, I don't know the interest in Nick Martinez. And there's they list eight teams, and they don't even list the Rangers as one of them. <laughs> okay, But I wouldn't mind the Rangers looking at Nick Martinez. I don't know what his um, financial situation is going to be. I don't know if it's going to be a three-, four-year contract, but I think he could help. Rising right-handed pitcher. Robert Stevenson. Now, this is a relief pitcher. This is somebody who I have no clue about. I'm going to be honest. I have no clue about, but guess what the possible fit is? The first name they bring up, the Texas Rangers. So when you're looking at certain things here and you're looking at the Texas Rangers, look, can I give you a great scouting report on Robert Stevenson? No, I can't give you any scouting report. Here's what I'm going to tell is what they say here. Stevenson isn't going to come cheap. McDaniel projects a three-year, $30 million contract, but after 38 amazing innings with the Rays, he suddenly looks like a high-leverage, dominant relief pitcher. Not bad for a guy the Rockies waived in August of 22. The difference? After the Rays acquired him from the Pirates in June, Stevenson developed a cutter and started throwing a splitter more often, going from a four-seamer slider guy to a four-pitch relievers. Batters just hit 101 against the cutter, which he threw 41% of the time after joining Tampa Bay, and he racked up 60 strikeouts and just eight walks there. So, wow. just to give you an idea, come, sometimes we think of Josh Hader, the ultimate weapon, the guy that's going to close all the games and be left-handed. But here is a guy, I like this article because it gives you these guys that we don't really know about. So, Robert Stevenson is a guy, if you're a Ranger fan, to maybe look at and go, maybe that's a guy. Here's a deal. If we lose Mitch Garver, who's our backup catcher? I'll end it with this. There's other things in this article, but it's. I don't think they're going to go with Sam Huff. Because that was going to be my Let's answer. Let's bring Austin Hedges back. I don't think they're going to go with Austin Hedges either. I, I love Austin Hedges. I don't think so. Maybe, maybe that is the answer. From bus to bargain, and I'll just leave it at this because there's more to it, but Gary Sanchez, the former New York Yankees catcher that was obviously going to be a franchise pillar uh, in New York with the Yankees, ended up just busting out as in yeah. a bad way with the Yankees. But they're saying there's now some things to like about him. Now, I don't know if it's so much that teams are going to be like, he's our starting catcher, but I don't know. Jonah Heim's great, so maybe you're not looking to spend that much money for a backup catcher. And Jonah Heim caught a lot of innings, especially late yeah. in the season. Because well, he's he a injured. switch hitter, too, so it's tough yeah. to want to take him out. You're like, yeah, he can bat against everybody. Yeah, so like I, that, that is a tough idea to add somebody at the same caliber. It's like two netminders in hockey that yeah. are kind of the same. You're like, whoa, this is really good for us. And if you like that, text in. If you liked baseball nuggets, I will carry over into Mike Likes It, okay. my baseball nuggets yeah. in the starting pitchers. Who's the Evaldi on the market this year? Who maybe could you trade for? But if you're like, I'm done with baseball. You're oh, not. Nobody is. Then just tell me, and I won't do baseball at 1245. We're the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. Coming up next... We will talk with our Dallas Cowboys insider, Mickey Spagnola, right here on 105.3 The Fan.